Eskimar, the Gesfeldshed on Commonweal Policy Podcast is Misha Craig Gale, Haminam Khunad Policy at Commonweal. And as that has almost exhausted the extent of my Gaelic, I am going to switch to English and introduce my guest for this week, Suzanne MacDonald from Culturelin Inverness, which is a campaign to launch a Gaelic cultural centre in Inverness. And I should say that this show coincides this week with Shechting the Gaelic, or World Gaelic Week. Hello, Suzanne. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Craig. How are you? I'm excellent. Really good to have you on the show. Now, Gaelic is the oldest of Scotland's extant Indigenous languages alongside Scots and English, with literary references going back to at least the 12th century and other evidence tracing its roots to the Irish Gaelic brought to Scotland by the settlers of the kingdoms of the Galviata in the 7th century, with its ultimate origin lying in the family of Celtic languages once spoken across the British Isles and beyond. However, after centuries of neglect and even deliberate attempts to suppress and exterminate the language, it is now the smallest of our Indigenous languages. The 2011 census registered about 58,000 fluent Gaelic speakers and around 30,000 others in Scotland who are at least partially fluent as well as more than 4,000 speakers out with Scotland in places such as Nova Scotia and Canada. Recently, there have been revival attempts, such as expanded Gaelic media and education, and the language's inclusion in the, the language learning app Duolingo, which resulted in tens or even hundreds of thousands of new learners. Cultural in Inverness is a charitable organisation aiming to create a Gaelic cultural centre in Inverness, following a highly successful model of creating language hubs in Ireland and Wales, which aim to protect and expand their respective Indigenous languages. Welcome to Suzanne. And just my first question, beyond that introduction, who are you, who are Cultural in Inverness, and, and give us a bit of background to the, the project. Okay, so I'm, I'm the project officer and fundraiser for Kultalong Inernish. So I'm, I'm contracted, I'm not employed, I'm contracted to a, a board of directors. So Kultalong Inernish is also a company, it's with the charitable status, company limited by guarantee. So the members of that board of directors are, well, there's quite a mixture, there's Gaelic speakers, Gaelic learners, Gaelic teachers, and some of them are all of those things, um, but generally all of them Gaelic activists, some of them, their activism is going back, you know, 30, 40 years. Um, two, three of them have been, were involved early on in getting um, Gaelic medium education in Inverness and then getting the Gaelic school in Inverness. So they're real sort of, vet, some of them are veteran Gaelic activists, shall we say. Um, certainly one of them are, are chairperson, I'm not too sure about the others, but one of them has been to Belfast several times and visited the Kulturlaun in Belfast and has witnessed personally just a huge positive impact these language hubs, mode in it, and they call them in Northern Ireland, these big, big, big units, big units, yeah. Uh, just an incredible, uh, impact they've had on the Gaelic speaking community on the strength of the language and they've become a real kind of physical focus for all kinds of uh, sort of creative activities that nobody really planned for but they've kind of grown out of because there's a physical space there 
uh, in which to have, you know, to hold these things, um, all kinds of things, so they've got all kinds of arms and legs. And then there's, you know, there's sort of um, sports units for Gaelic speaking children. There's a self-built, purpose-built um, radio station in Gaelic in Belfast. So huge amounts of things going on over there to strengthen the language. They've been very, very, very successful. So it, the Kultalan, the oldest one in Belfast, Kultalan Macadam um, it's celebrated its 30th anniversary last year. So it's really our blueprint, our model. Obviously what we will be doing here will be slightly different. We'll be doing it in our way, but uh, it's our kind of inspiration, if you like. So that was one inspiration for this group of people to get together and create a, a vehicle to bring you know, their vision for a cultural center in Inverness, capital of the Highlands, to bring it forward. They got money from Gordon Gallic in, in, in the initial stage to um, pay for a feasibility study, which was done by Impact Hub, just to, to evaluate whether or not there would be support and demand for such a thing in and around Inverness. That came back overwhelming support for a Gallic Cultural Centre in Inverness, not just from you know the usual suspects from you know BBC Alba, from Visit Scotland, you know HIE Highland Council, but also from the individuals who were contacted through a survey monkey. So that's very very that's our evidence. That's our mm. evidence that the there is a will and a desire there that people see it as a very positive thing for Inverness. And how about you personally? How did how did you um, get involved in this project? Uh, well, I, I suppose I would think of myself as a Gaelic activist, kind of late learner. I was um, in my early thirties when I started learning. When I started learning seriously, I mean, we certainly had a smottle, as you say, you know, a few Gaelic words when I was a child because both my parents were Gaelic speakers. Mm. They didn't speak Gaelic directly to us. Uh, because as my father said much later in life, and I quote, we didn't want to burden you with the language. So they had come through a period where children were still being punished for speaking Gaelic. Uh, my father went to school in Melness on the north coast of Sutherland on the Kyle of Tongue without a word of English the day he arrived in school. So I think, they, you know, they went through a pretty tough time and I can understand that they didn't want us to go through that but of course you know by the time I was growing up in the 60s 70s things were different although sometimes I often think I wondered you know if we had had Gaelic as children would we have been sort of you know picked on I, I don't know I have, I have no idea mm. so uh, anyway when my father and mother retired when my father retired and they went back to live in his home village in Melnes in Sutherland they began to speak Gaelic together in the house which they'd never done when we were children they'd used it occasionally to talk about adult subjects uh. and then my father spoke Gaelic with his mother when she was visiting or when we were on holiday there and in the 60s, there were still a lot of Gaelic speakers up north. And the same when we went to Skye, my mother would be speaking Gaelic, Gaelic with relatives and, you know, with her mother when she came to visit. So we were kind of, you know, we were sort of tuning into it. It was in the background. And I think it was something I always felt that we were sort of deprived of. That was almost my feeling growing up. 
uh, I was always interested in other languages. I learned, I did French and Italian at school. I lived in Greece. I was married to a Greek for um, many years, but I lived in, we lived in Greece for seven years. I became quite fluent in Greece. So by the time we came back and found my father and mother speaking Gaelic together, and at that point, early 90s, there was a lot happening in, in Seoul Moore, Corleone Scalcinati, the Gaelic playgroups group was, was expanding and creating playgroups everywhere. So I, I got really interested in the language and I thought, right, this is it. Now I'm going, you know, I want to reclaim this language that uh, was taken away from me. I, you know, mm. that was what I always felt. That I was telling somebody earlier today about how often as a child, when we went see to Sky and went visiting, and people would say to us, "Oh, what is this in you and Kirsty's aunts and your aunts and Kirsty's daughter? Are they Gaelic acket? You know, do you have Gaelic?" And I can remember saying, "Hanil, no," and feeling their disappointment in me. And I think I, oh, you know, I carried that for a long time, that feeling of letting people down because I didn't speak Gaelic. So, so all of that. So, um, you know, I, I taught Gaelic medium for a few years. So I've always been kind of, um, you know, active in, in encouraging people to learn Gaelic. Um, I teach two evening classes at the moment. And I, I, I saw the advert on the Gaelic Jobs Board for this um, positions project officer and just thought, well, this would be a really interesting thing to be involved in and something that I can absolutely, you know, wholeheartedly identify with. I think that um, physical spaces where people can feel comfortable and encouraged to speak Gaelic are really important. I think now it's I certainly I can certainly resonate with that story. My, my grandparents spoke Scots um, and my parents were very much of the, the speak properly generation uh, that kind of skipped that a bit. Um, they kind of still had a bit of Scots to their, their, their speech, but they very much discouraged it in, in me and uh, my, my brother to a great extent. So I've spent the last several years reclaiming my Scots language. Um, now, that came at a time when my local my local village community centre managed to get a little bit of funding to get a Gaelic teacher and to, to teach some introductory Gaelic. And I was kind of interested in Scottish languages at that point. And I said, right, well, I have English. I'm reclaiming my Scots. Why not try and get the third? So um, I, I would consider myself... Very much a beginner, very much a learner, um, as probably the introduction to the podcast reveals. Uh, but it's certainly something that I do want to continue and do want to deepen. Um, so uh, that's essentially why I, I was really excited to get you onto this show to talk about uh, this project. But can you tell me more about the the model that you're embracing here, this language hub model? why this model in particular, why it has been uh, so effective in, in Wales and Ireland? Right, well, because these models it will include like social spaces, so basically a cafe. Mm. Extremely important that there's a space where people can come together, a relaxed atmosphere, a welcoming atmosphere, and spend an hour or two and chat in Gaelic. That's really, really important. Uh, and that other people who are perhaps learning can come and sit in and listen in. 
that there could be Gaelic on the walls. So, so I, I put it as a place where Gaelic is audible, visible, tangible. So mm -hmm. you can see it. I mean, the one, the Kulturlong in Belfast has a lot of Gaelic graphics on wall and wall. I don't know, it's, it looks like it's sort of taken from a book and it's slightly old fashioned calligraphy, but it looks great. You know, you're trying to work out what it's saying. You know, there's Gaelic menus, there's Gaelic on the chalkboard saying, you know, Eiche steak, steak night. You know, just these sort of really normal things with the Gaelic speaking staff. So again, we're, we're hoping sort of young folk who've come up to school, perhaps know where to go with their Gaelic, that they could come to the coastal and get good training in retail and management, you know, baristas, whatever, and have somewhere to take their Gaelic. Otherwise, they lose it. Uh, so social spaces where people can come together, chat in, you know, comfortable atmosphere where you feel that you're being encouraged to use the Gaelic. So Gaelic, in Ireland, they say where Gaelic is the dominant acoustic. So that's very important. We'd like retail space. So, you know, somebody's just passed their driving license, uh, the driving test, you want to go and buy a Gaelic card or a birthday or it's Christmas or somebody's getting married. And they, oh, I'd like to have a Gaelic card. You'll go to Kultulan and you go to buy a card or CDs, um, uh, books, or, you know, a t-shirt with some Gaelic graphics. I think, again, niche in the market, I think that's really missing. There's things here and there, but this would, you know, this would bring everything into one space. Um, so that, that also then uh, generates income for Gaelic producers, you know, people who are producing cards and t-shirts and also that's, you know, another side of things to encourage Gaelic producers. We would like spaces where we can run classes, courses, uh, seminars, you know, talks and so on, sort of learning facilities, as it were, and a large venue for social gatherings, for Cayley dances, obviously, I think really important. So all these sort of cultural heritage things that people enjoy, again, dancing, music, singing, um, these places, spaces could also have, you know, weddings and conferences and, but so that would be the place you're coming into Inverness, you'd like to hear some Gaelic spoken, that's where you're going to go. Mm. A one-stop shop for Gaelics, a whole, a whole package. You walk in the door and you're hearing Gaelic music, people are speaking Gaelic, the waiter's got something Gaelic written on his t-shirt, there's books, there's graphics, there's things you can pick up and read. Um, and that's where you go to get your whatever, you get your box of chocolates written in Gaelic or your bar of soap with, you know, whatever. I so want one. <laughs> and out of that, you know, then other things we'd hope, you know, community groups would come in to do, I don't know, Gaelic dancing classes, Gaelic yoga classes, Gaelic karate classes, uh, you know, poetry reading evenings, uh, open mic, you know, where other sort of cultural you know, things will be, will, will naturally kind of grow out of these things because the space is there and because there's an invitation for, for community groups to come in and, you know, be active. But one thing I would like to do is, is have a, 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 man, a man shed, you know, where people men mm, yes. make things and chat in Gaelic and you could have, and it's terribly stereotypical, but, you know, also have a sort of crafting area for ladies to come together and sort of knit and, you know, chat and 
So it really is to do with socializing, using the language, strengthening the language, building confidence in the language. And to have it somewhere central, so that raises awareness of the language. So people walking past are seeing it and go, oh, Gaelic, oh, yes, that's all Gaelic thing. Yeah, Gaelic, because that used to be the language of the place. And oh, it's making a big comeback here. So also about raising awareness amongst the people generally in Renes, uh, visitors come in, that there's a space that they can go to to learn a little bit more about Gaelic. I and mean, something else we've been talking about is doing a kind of one hour. Gaelic taster, you know, come and learn a little bit about Gaelic, a little bit of Gaelic, take something away with some Gaelic written on it, you know, just so tourists can come in and, and have a genuine Gaelic experience just for an hour or something before they get back on their bus or their cruise ship or whatever. So mm, you've, you've convinced me. I want one here now. Uh, <laughs> and, and certainly one of the, big, the valuable things I found from my a little bit of learning so far is actually place names you know learning what a place actually means and what that name says about the place yeah. uh, i found that very valuable now people who produce maps and statistics about language in in, in scotland will kind of identify um the highlands uh, in general as being the heartland of of gaelic in, in scotland today but it may also be fair to say that a lot of people kind of consider this as a language not just of the highlands but of the islands sort of up in the northwest so why have you aimed the hub for Inverness specifically well Inverness is the capital of the highlands but also we you know we have the population here to sustain it and we want mm. this this place to be uh financially self-sustaining, if that's at all possible. We do not want to be going every now and again to the government saying, please help us to, we want it to be self-sustaining as far as that's humanly possible. And we believe that it would be. Um, secondly, Inverness actually has the highest density of Gaelic speakers in Scotland. According to statistics, within the five wards of Inverness, there are it's, it's a higher ratio of Gaelic speakers to non-Gaelic speakers than anywhere else in Scotland. Although there are more speakers in Glasgow, uh, they're more densely, yeah. you know, packed together, shall we say? Uh, and also because you know many islanders come into Inverness, a lot of people from the north come in. You know, Inverness is a central. You know, passing through spot, people come to pick up their train or you know get on an aeroplane. So I'm always you know bumping into people, not bumping into, but you know I'll hear people from the islands that come over for to visit friends or to go to the hospital or to go to Eden Court to the theatre. Um, so there's a lot of people passing through Inverness from as you from the north from the west. So again, it would provide a, you know, an alternative place for them too to come and visit. And uh, I mean, of course, there's there's a proposition for something on a much smaller scale in Stornoway. At the moment, there's Taikali in Stornoway. I think that's moving quite uh, quite rapidly. Um, so you know, we'll, we've already got links with um, with the group up there trying to get that going. But I think it's very important to remember that Inverness is the capital of the Highlands. It's the central, it's the administrative, you know, it's the trading centre. It's, it's So it's very important, I think, that it should be here, you know, mm. where 
where we should, as Indonesians, should be taking pride in showing to the world that yes, you know, we have all of this other hotels and tours, but look, we're also, um, you know, paying respect to our history and our language and our, you know, heritage. So that's why it's important. To, it's very important that it's in Inverness. What is the link between language and uh, Gaelic language and, and and broader Gaelic and Scottish culture? Is it possible to really understand one without the other? I, I well, oh, I do. That's a big question. It's a big philosophical question. I think certainly the more you know of Gaelic, the the deeper your understanding is, mm. the deeper and broader your understanding is. Um, because in many in many sense, Gaelic is the kind of the underlayer. It lies under everything in Gaelic in Scottish culture. And if, if you think of the icons of Scottish culture, you know, the thing of the bagpipes and the wearing the kilt, uh, these are you know symbols of, of Gaelic culture, very much so. But it's you know it's a very rich and fascinating language which has so much to tell people about the culture that, um, yes, I mean, you, you know, I don't want to deny what you can understand it through, through English, but it certainly gives you another, another perspective and a much deeper and richer perspective in, in, in my opinion. So, mm. that's why, you know, I, I just feel, you know, with Gaelic, it's not that I want to, you know, force people to learn Gaelic or encourage, I want to share Gaelic, with, I feel sorry that people don't have access. I want more people to be able to have access to, to this culture and to this language, because there's a, there's a treasure trove there that uh, I can't begin to describe, but it's there. It's there for people. And it, it, it becomes more fascinating, I believe, the more that you learn, the deeper that you go into it, the more you become sort of enchanted with it, is <laughs> the way I see it. Um, I, I always remember a, a Czech proverb, which unfortunately I can't remember in the original Czech, but it translates uh, as you live as many lives as the languages you know. So the more languages you know, the, the deeper your understanding of life is. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean, I have the other experience of learning Greek and you know, there's, no, there's no question that I would not have felt so comfortable in... In, in the Greek society, if I hadn't been able to understand the language and, and how that gave me, an, you know, a, a way into the culture and the way people think and how differently they think. And also an understanding, again, of the, you know, ancient language, ancient culture. It's given so much to, you know, to the West, to Western Europe. Um, yeah, and, you know, real appreciation. It, it makes you appreciate, you know, you appreciate the songs, you appreciate the art, you, you know, you, you just, it really does. It gives you such a, such a broad and deep understanding uh, and access into, into, well, into the culture. Recently on a podcast, I spoke to Billy Kay about the politics of the Scots language. And one of the aspects that came out of that discussion was that when you compare the, the support, the, Gaelic gets and the support that Scots get, Scots gets. There's a lot more structured support in Scotland for Gaelic through organisations like Borna Gaelic, through Gaelic medium education. Nevertheless, 
is the Scottish government doing enough to support the Gaelic language? Is there more that they could do? (laughs) Well, of course, there's a lot more that could be. And and I think, you know, for both languages, both Scots and Gaelic, you know, I think we're only getting crumbs, really, Mm. if you compare to what's been put into English medium education, because people don't like to discuss English medium education, but actually anything that's not Gaelic or Scots is actually English medium education. Yeah. So it's an English education. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's actually. <laughs> so, you know, compare the, the two things. So, with, you know, you're talking about media, what's going into the, the English language media. Vast. And what we're getting is just crumbs off the table. It's ridiculous. And I, you know, we're always grateful for what we are getting. But obviously, I, you know, I, I think a lot of us do feel that it's it's um, you know paying lip service and it's just you know okay let's give them give them that and that'll keep them quiet. I think there should be a lot more. I would like to see a lot more kind of real, genuine will to make things happen for both Scots and 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 Gaelic from from government. Mm. You know, excuses. Oh, we've got more important things, but language is extremely important for everything. You know, not least for for the mentally and emotional and psychological health of the nation. It gives the nation a sense of who they are and you know, where they belong and, and community and strength of community. So these things are extremely important, extremely important. Mm. But there, there is a bit of a kind of gap of understanding sometimes between, you know, Gaelic speakers, let's say, and, and uh, non-Gallic speakers at government level, you know. I mean, we're quite fortunate, we've got a few good advocates in the government at the moment, you know, that likes Katie Forbes and, and uh, Alistair Allen. So, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, as we're always grateful for progress. You have to just keep, good, you know, being grateful. But again, uh, my own personal feeling is that we can't rely on government or institutions or establishments. You know, a lot of it's up to ourselves and what, you know, let's try and do it ourselves as much as mm. possible, you know. And I think that's, that's what we're very keen on doing with Kultulan is that, you know, we will try ourselves to raise as much money as we can and then go back to other funders and say, right, look, we've raised 50,000, match it. But that we've done the work initially and that's because of our drive to make this, to make this, uh, to realise this, this vision, to, to make this happen. Hmm. If I may editorialise for just a moment, I, I, I do think about, I, I would love to see much more in the way of Gaelic medium television. I mean, BBC Alpa do a wonderful job and shows like Yorpa are world-class shows that are criminally underrated. Yeah, um, although I, I do have... Uh, an idea that I'll pitch out there for any any screenwriters who want to pick it up. I'd love to see a, a Gaelic medium version of the Scandi drama, uh, the the bridge, perhaps uh, looking at a bridge between Scotland and Northern Ireland. I'd love to see Drochid on the TV. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a very novel idea. But yeah, I think you know, what, as you as you say, they're doing miraculously well on very yeah. very very little money. Really. So yeah, I mean, we should have you know. 10 times that amount of money. And then, you know, if you look at, um, I remember in, in Greece, for example, during the day in daytime TV, they would have a lot of these, I mean, just ridiculous Brazilian, um, like not comedies, you know, dra- soap op- soaps. I mean, just absolutely awful things. But they'd have them dubbed in Greek and, you know, 
for housewives who'd never to spare in the afternoon, they'd be quite fun. They would sit and watch them and they were, they were quite fun. I thought, well, you know, surely to goodness you could import some, you know, really good quality soaps or dramas and just dub them and just yeah. so people have the chance. It's cheap, easy to do films, you know, what, why not? Uh, I would certainly like to see more of that and just more, more of it, more TV, more time. Yeah. She says she who doesn't have TV, I don't watch <laughs> I don't Neither have time. Do I. <laughs> I feel so BBC all about that. I don't actually do actually watch any. And that's actually a good point that that you see a lot of um, a lot of European countries will will dub shows where we would <laughs> subtitle them at best, and and that the infrastructure that you need to be able to get in, you know talented voice actors who are fluent in a language to be able to dub it is uh, I think that could start to build up the kind of momentum that you need to have a a strong and healthy and sustainable language absolutely absolutely and that can more you know more drama we need more drama we need more you know local drama and you know drama's a great learning tool it's not enough more, more theatre. I think there's one Gaelic theatre, Theatre Gilead. You know, we should have a theatre Gaelic group here. Well, we're, we, we have actually a little theatre group, which is just, just blossoming at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, great things happening as well. There's, there's mm. really good things happening. So, yeah, always, always positive. <laughs> and my next question starts with the word if, and I'm going to change that. Once Culture Land Inverness is successful, and that model is bedded in, and it's good, great in Inverness. Where would you put the next hub? Ooh, well, obviously we'd like to see something similar happening in Edinburgh and in Glasgow. And there are, you know, there are movements in both these places. I know they've got a space in Glasgow, but I know there's talk about Coulterlan in Glasgow. A lot of debate about where it should be, or should there be one on the north side and one on the south side, and one that said, "I do." So all of that's going on at the moment. Where would be the next place? Well, obviously, I think there should be something in Sky, you know, mm-hmm. in Portree. I think there should be a Gaelic hub there of some kind. Um, you know, I know there's plenty of things going on in the South Sky where there's so more, but it would be good to have something in the North in, in Portree. Well, you know, you know the Leonard Cohen song, which says, first we take Manhattan, then we take Berlin. <laughs> So that's kind of my, you know, first we'll take Inverness and then we'll take Dingwall and then we'll take that. <laughs> you know, and then we'll go south and then we'll take the borders and then we'll be in, you know, Newcastle and we'll get to London. We'll, you know, the Gallic Revolution will be done there. But no, I'm only joking. But um, sorry, it's certainly one sky I would like to see. And then, again, there's a lot going on in the Western Isles. So... I mean, there's other there other issues going on there, of course, and there's a lot of debate going on since the um, the study came out about the Gallic crisis in the vernacular community. So there's a lot that needs to happen out there. That's a complex issue there because there's you know jobs, housing, all of that kind of thing, fuel poverty. There's a lot of issues going on there. Um, yeah, I think certain sort of portray. And then eventually everywhere. 
I just say I want I want one in this village. I I I live not not far from where Lanark. So. Whereabouts where are you? Uh, I'm not far from Lanark. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there there could easily be like mini Cotalan everywhere. Yep. Just little tiny hubs that would be cafes, a space for people together. I think it's that thing of a, of a space that is specifically focused you know, on the language, where everything's about the language and where people can go there and feel, okay, I have to switch on my Gallic gear, uh, you know, mode now. Because yeah. um, that's very difficult. It's very difficult to find an immersion experience in Gallic. Yes, yes. And that, that's yeah. certainly been the challenge that, that, that I've yeah. had is that lack of immersion. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're not anywhere where, not you're forced to, but you know, where you're surrounded by it and so your brain switches on to Gaelic and you know, it can start to come out and that's when you start actually mm. using the language. So, it's, so we have to create these, uh, these Gaelic environments for that purpose, I think. So that's what Cotalan will do. It will be a, a big Gaelic environment. Um, mm. Well, that's then the challenge for our listeners and for common real activists in our local groups. If you want one of these hubs in your local area, why not start yeah. one? <laughs> start one. Start yeah. one. Because other things will grow out of it. You know, culture, place names, all these other things, you know, that we should be valuing now. And I, I, I often think to myself, this is kind of the, um, the pendulum swimming back on the whole kind of the globalization, you know, homogenization of the world. We'll all speak two or three languages and we'll all just be global citizens and all linked sort of laterally to each other. Uh, that's not natural for human beings. We, we mm. like to feel rooted in a place. And I mean, Gaelic specific is very much a language is about rooted in its 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 land. It's full of, you know, the songs, full of praise of the place and, and homeland and so on. So um, people don't, don't feel uh, good being rootless. We need roots. We need our roots yeah. into the earth and the, mm. the geographical place that we came from that, that gave us life, you know. So I think that's really important. Um, and that's why it's happening, I believe. People are looking for that. They're looking for a sense of, of connection with the land, with the earth. And, you know, that's a big eco thing as well, isn't it? <laughs> that's very green. <laughs> <laughs> so after that call to action, let's assume a few of our listeners out there are, uh, are going to take it up. Where can, they, where can they go to learn more about your project or get involved? Or what else can they do to help? Well, Link up and find our Facebook page, Kultar Laun Indonesia. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but Kultar Laun, L-A-N-N, Indonesia. I'll stick a link in the description to the podcast. Do that, Craig, that'd be great. Go there because that's where we're sort of, you know, keep that's where our, you know, engage with people. Our website's nearly ready, ready the next week or two. We're going to launch a crowdfunding campaign early in May. So please keep a look out for that because we'd be so grateful for people to just spread the link out as much as possible. And, you know, if all those people out there who are learning Gaelic give us one pound each, we can make this thing happen pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, you know, get in touch. Um, tomorrow we're we're running a Gaelic bus tour around a bit of Inverness. So I'm calling it Book Air Bus Immersion on the Bus. Um, so again, that's just creating little opportunities for people to come together, creating opportunities for people to speak Gaelic, hear Gaelic, and you know, the Gaelic bubble. So we're taking our little bubble around Inverness. We'll be looking at lots of typical uh, sites, but we'll be ending in a place in on Belladrum on the estate where the lady there is, she's running a kind of 
Bardic school it's called Shenachus. So she's a lady who's trying to sort of continue the, the, the heritage, as it were. So I mm. thought to end there where there's someone who's trying to keep the whole thing alive and, and vibrant. So, so yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's exciting things happening. It's an exciting thing to be involved in. I believe it's positive, it's, it's fun. And uh, yeah, it, it, it gets people excited. So. And I want to wish you all the success with it. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to keeping an eye on what you're getting up to uh, and, and seeing, and seeing the hub launch. Coming to Achilles, when we've got Achilles, when we've got where Achilles going, Craig, mm. you'll, be most, you'll be most welcome. More and more in time, Craig. Thank you, Double Life. Now, I just want to finish the podcast, as I always do, by uh, reminding folk that Commonweal as an organisation is entirely funded by our, our donors and supporters. We don't get government money at all. We don't get corporate sponsors. We don't even have adverts on our website. So everything we do from our policy work to our campaigning to this this show is entirely supported by folk giving us an average of £10 a month. So if you want to see more of that, you want to uh, get the opportunity to hear more of the exciting little community projects going on around Scotland, um, please help us and sign up as a donor. If you are part of one of these community projects around Scotland, please get in touch. I would love to get you on as a guest on this show um, to, to hear more about what you're doing and to, to help spread that word. This has been my theme for the podcast for this year. I really want to find all the exciting communities around uh, our our big wee country. So please get in touch and I'll get you onto the show to, to talk about what you're doing. And please, thank you for listening to the show. Please like it, share it, send it to your friends and come back next week. 